a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Hey, and welcome to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you tonight from 8 until 10. Glad you're up late with us tonight here on Camo X. Uh, we've got a couple of interviews, but lots of news of the day. And as always, I love to hear from you. That's, at least from my perspective, that's what At Your Service means. We're here to take your calls, to respond to your questions, to engage in intellectual debate, and to discuss things within the marketplace of ideas. That's to me, what at your service means, and I'm glad you are a part of the program. 314-436-7900, call or text. I've already got uh, two texts here this evening, and we just got the show uh, going. So uh, glad you are participating this evening. Also, just remember, a lot of folks are forgetting, if you, if you don't like listening to us on AM, you can catch us FM here in the St. Louis area, 98.7 FM, or you can listen uh, live stream at KMOX.com, uh, or you can download the Odyssey app, catch us on podcast. I've gotten some emails in the last week of folks who uh, catch the podcast on Wednesday nights when I'm on. So however you listen, we are glad you are part of the family. Also, if you ever want to send me an email, uh, my law firm, Harris, Dowell, Fisher, and Young, you can shoot me an email there. I always respond to every email that I get regarding X. My email address, be young, because, hey, it's good to be young. Be, Y-O-U-N-G, at harrisdowell.com, H-A-R-R-I-S as in Sam, D as in David, O-W-E-L-L.com. Hey, happy birthday to Don Johnson. Now, you've got to be, I mean, I'm, I'm in my 50s, okay? And so when I was a kid, the best show on, listen, was Miami Vice. I mean, it was so cool of a show. And uh, Don Johnson was in that show, and uh, and he is uh, how old is he today? I forgot. It's seventy something today uh, is his birthday, and he's also uh, he was in Knives Out. Did you see that? What a great movie that was! Knives Out that came out uh, about a year and a half ago, year ago. Excellent movie. There's going to be a sequel to that, so looking forward to it. And also Nash Bridges. Uh, that wasn't a show that I watched very much, but it was very popular on CBS. But uh, Don Johnson's birthday today. Um, also, on December 15, 1944, this, if you're of a certain age older than mine, that probably sounds familiar to you. Yep. That's right. Glenn Miller. Glenn Miller was, um, his plane crashed on this day in 1944. Famous big band leader. Uh, disappeared over a thick fog over the English Channel while he was en route to Paris right at the end of World War II. Big loss for our country. Excellent musician. Uh, Glenn Miller disappeared on this day in 1944. Uh, and, and also in just a couple of cool things, and we've got some news of the day, but even before I get to anything else, I was talking to producer Matt Pajeski right before the show started, and you guys last night, you and George, you were talking about uh, Christmas movies. Yep. And Die Hard came up. Yes. Now, I got to tell you, I've had this debate with Joe Holloman at the Post-Dispatch for like 10 years because I claim that that for any criteria you want to use, Die Hard meets the criteria of a Christmas movie. I don't want to redo what George talked about last night, but I was stunned 
They'll find out you've never seen Die Hard. I have not, and George had the same reaction last night. I can't I believe that. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say it on the radio <sighs> right now. That you know, that's like saying you've never seen it's it's a wonderful life. I have seen that. Okay, or recently. I'm sorry. Who is <laughs> Superman? I've never heard of Superman. It's Die Hard. Yeah, it's and, it's on my list of uh, many movies I should have seen by now, but have not. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a note. I'm gonna have my uh, phone give me a reminder. I've got an extra copy of Die Hard on DVD. Do you even know what a DVD player is? Okay, you're you're a lot younger. When I when I say DVDs, my kids go, "Oh, come on, Dad, that's so you know that's so like a, a, a ten years ago." Yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll you do have a DVD player, I do. right? It's a Blu-ray player, but DVDs work just okay, fine. Okay, well that's fine. <laughs> I've got an extra copy of Die Hard because I have I've had multiple people give me Die Hard DVDs over the years. Great. I will give you that. And ironically, I'll give it to you as a Christmas gift. <laughs> there you go. Because it is a Christmas movie. That's what I've heard. In any way, and when you're watching it, I want you to just think about how, in your mind, what makes a Christmas movie. Yeah. And in any way that you judge it, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Okay. I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to watch it and uh, and report back to you. Okay. Very good. I will make a note to myself to bring you that movie next week. Just so before the end of 2021, we will finally make you a real American yeah. by letting you see Die Hard, okay? <laughs> Thanks. Oh, good. Hey, listen, uh, other things that are going on in this country, so many issues, but uh, one of the biggest things that's going on right now is uh, the abortion question at the Supreme Court. And, of course, all the all the pundits are asking, will the Supreme Court overturn Roe versus Wade, yes or no? Will they just curtail it? The conservatives versus the liberals on the Supreme Court, what's going to happen? But even if Roe versus Wade is overturned by the Supreme Court, could Congress make abortion legal nationwide by statute? We're going to explore that topic coming up after the break with Melanie Israel of the Heritage Foundation. And uh, and we will give you the lowdown on what's going on and what will happen in Congress on this issue. Brad Young at your service tonight on X. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Most legal analysts, really including myself, agree that the Supreme Court will uphold the Mississippi abortion restrictions in Dobbs versus Jackson. So the real question is going to be, at least I think, that will the court reverse Roe versus Wade or just curtail the application of the decision in Roe versus Wade? And so, uh, but there's something else that has not been getting as much attention. What about the statutory efforts? 
to allow abortions to continue. So joining us this evening is Melanie Israel. She's a policy analyst with the Heritage Foundation. Hey, Melanie, thanks for joining us this evening on Camo X. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, the, the left say they want to codify Roe versus Wade. What does that mean? Right. So Roe versus Wade, of course, was the court decision that legalized abortion on demand nationwide. So when they say they want to codify Roe v. Wade, what they're actually talking about is, um, frankly, a misnamed bill called the Women's Health Protection Act. Um, that bill would actually go far far beyond um, what Roe permits. And in addition to allowing abortion for any reason through all nine months of pregnancy, it would also repeal existing state laws that have Mm -hmm. been on the books for many years. So it's really much more expansive than simply codifying Roe. So even if states have enacted reasonable restrictions on abortion, which has really been where the legal fight has been since 1972 about kind of chipping away at the edges of abortion restrictions. But even if states, for example, were right here in Missouri uh, or even in Texas, there have been states that have curtailed or put some additional restrictions on it. This so-called Women's Health Protection Act would would wipe out all of those state restrictions. Exactly, exactly. A better name for the bill would be the Abortion on Demand Act, because that's what it is really about. It would endanger essentially all state-level pro-life protections, existing conscience protections for medical professionals who don't want to participate in abortions. Um, It exempts itself from things like the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, so people wouldn't have recourse if they feel that their conscience has been violated. Um, Things like informed consent laws that allow Mm. women to have the opportunity to see their baby on an ultrasound as they're um, making this incredibly weighty decision, things like parental notification laws, all of those um, would not be allowed under this so-called Women's Health Protection Mm -hmm. Act. Yeah, because if you go to the dentist today to have a cavity filled, you're going to have to be told everything that could possibly go wrong under the legal concept of informed consent because it's a medical procedure. But under this Abortion on Demand Act that's currently uh, uh, being kicked around through Congress, it would wipe out those state laws, even those regarding informed consent. Exactly, exactly. So, again, when you hear somebody talking about codifying Roe versus Wade, um, alarm bells need to go Mm -hmm. off because they are talking about far, far more than simply codifying Roe versus Wade. And Again, Roe versus Wade itself is very radical. It allows abortion through all nine months of pregnancy, which is what we have in a number of states right now already. Um, So the the idea that we would go even beyond that um, and do away with things like informed consent laws and conscience protections is something that most Americans do not support. Mm. We're, We're talking to Melanie Israel. She's a policy analyst with the Heritage Foundation. And I know that the so-called Women's Health Protection Act was passed by the House of Representatives earlier this year. But where does that bill stand right now in the Senate? So it has been filed in the Senate. They've had a hearing about it, but they have not voted Um, before the full Senate on this bill. And of course, in order to overcome a filibuster in the Senate, you have to get 60 votes. 
for Mm -hmm. a policy. Um, That's why we call the Senate the world's most deliberative body. You really have to get buy-in and consensus in order for policies to move forward. And right now, the Women's Health Protection Act does not have um, that consensus, even among Democrats. And so it, it remains to be seen what happens going forward. Of course, we know that the left has long called to do away with the filibuster. Um, they, they see things like the Women's Health Protection Act as um, an excuse to do away with the filibuster. So it, it, it all remains to be seen here going into 2022 exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, it's interesting, Melanie. Literally five minutes before airtime tonight, I was doing a my last-minute review of the news to make sure I didn't miss any big news, and I saw that uh, uh, that Senator Cinema from Arizona texted, at least through her, her publicist, uh, a spokesperson, texted that with regard to the Build Back Better plan that would also seemingly have to require an elimination of the filibuster to get passed, Senator Cinema came out through her spokesperson and said that under no circumstances would she be in favor of getting rid of the filibuster rule of 60 votes. So if that holds, it would require some Republicans to vote for doing away with the filibuster rule. And the chances of that, I think, are rather slim. Is that right? Right, right. That is where everything stands right now. Um, of course, we, we also know that in the Build Back Better bill, they're trying to have millions and millions of dollars in that funding um, that is outside the protections of the Hyde Amendment, which protects tax dollars from being able to fund um, abortions. And so there are certainly pro-life concerns in that bill as well. Um, and again, it remains to be seen whether or not senators like Senator Cinema, Senator Manchin um, on the Democrat side um, will stand for that. There, there are so many pro-life concerns right now in yes. the Senate, and the filibuster and lack thereof looms large, whether it's the Hyde Amendment, the Women's Health Protection Act, or other policies. Mm. We're talking to Melanie Israel. She's a policy analyst with the Heritage Foundation. And Melanie, a few minutes ago, uh, as we were chatting, you mentioned about Roe versus Wade allowing literally abortion on demand uh, up until the moment of birth. And uh, it just occurred to me that progressives so many times like to frame social issues by stating that the U.S. is out of touch with the rest of the world. But, But when the U.S. allows abortion on demand up to the moment of delivery, aren't we literally out of touch with the the mainstream uh, industrialized nations of the world? We are very out of touch. A recent study came out comparing United States law to 50 European countries. 47 out of 50 European countries prohibit elective abortion prior to 15 weeks, which is the point that the state of Mississippi is trying to protect um, unborn children. And so when, you know, we, we hear these comparisons that we're so far out of step with the rest of the world, that simply not Mm. true. When you look even casting a broader net with the rest of the world, the United States is one of only seven countries in the entire world that allows elective abortion after 20 weeks. That's five months, the point at which we know unborn children are capable of feeling excruciating pain during an abortion procedure. We stand in the company of countries like China, like North Korea, these vicious human rights violators in allowing elective abortion after 20 weeks. And of course, a number of states within their jurisdictions have passed laws protecting um, unborn children who are capable of feeling pain. But at the federal level, 
we have no such protection, and mm-hmm. it's really shameful. So, so this notion that we are um, far out of step with the rest of the world, it's true in the sense that we are a radically permissive country wow. when it comes to abortion laws. Well, I, I, folks have to be astounded by that, Melanie, because the the progressives in this country, are the, the, the latte-sipping folks who wish they were French, uh, want to be so much like the Europeans— and yet, in this instance, the European laws are very similar to what we're seeing right now in Dobbs versus Jackson uh, coming out of Mississippi. Exactly. And so we'll often see this repeated, um, whether it's politicians or the mainstream media saying that you know the, the majority of Americans support Roe. They don't want the court to overturn Roe. And we have to take claims like that with a grain of salt, because I think most people don't realize what Roe allows. Roe allows abortion through all nine months of pregnancy for any reason. Um, And that's something that most Americans don't agree with. And so this so-called support for Roe is really rooted in a fundamental lack of understanding about what Roe allows. Overturning Roe doesn't mean that abortion policy overnight, that, that abortion is banned overnight all across the country. What it means is that the American people, through their elected representatives, would be able to have abortion policy that actually does align with what most Americans believe, and that is abortion should be significantly restricted. Boy, I I am so glad that you're talking about this. Melanie Israel, a policy analyst with the Heritage Foundation, uh, because as I talk to folks, as I talk to even folks at my church, and we talk about the Roe versus Wade issue, uh, I don't think a, a, a large number of Americans understand that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, it simply returns this issue to the state level to be decided. It doesn't automatically uh, ban abortions nationwide, which is what the propaganda from the left would have people to believe. Exactly, exactly. And within the pro-life movement, I think there is that recognition that, look, overturning Roe, that's would certainly be a victory, but it's also not the end of the conversation because the the pro-life movement is seeking to protect all innocent human life in law, including unborn children, but it's also wanting to build that culture of life so that nobody feels that they need to to choose an abortion in the first place. Mm -hmm. We want a society that's going to obviously protect unborn children, but also protect women, protect mothers, help people to flourish and to thrive. And we need that kind of robust civil society. Um, And this is where churches come into play to to be able to make sure that people have the support that they need after they choose on the side of life. Sure. Uh, You know, it's interesting. Of course, you know, St. Louis is right here on the border between Missouri and Illinois. And what I think is an amazing admission of the trend that we're seeing, Planned Parenthood has built a brand new facility just nine miles away from St. Louis, but obviously on the Illinois side, recognizing that as they're looking at the tea leaves, if Roe versus Wade is overturned and Missouri has a trigger law, then Missouri is going to be banning abortion. So they've set up operations just nine miles away over in the bluest of blue states of Illinois. So I always think at this point, if Planned Parenthood thinks that this is the trend that's going on, then I'm pretty comfortable in suggesting that I agree with that trend, that uh, that Roe v. Wade is coming down. But let me come back to you, though, with a, with the last question. We've been talking about sure, the so-called sure. Women's Health Protection Act. What do you think the next move will be in the Senate regarding trying to get this to the floor? What's the next step? 
Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the full Senate votes on it sometime um, here in the next year. And of course, midterms are, are looming large in 2022. Um, but I think we could definitely see a vote on this legislation. Um, ag- again, there is not currently 60 votes in favor of the bill. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the left use that as the latest reason that they list in wanting to eliminate the filibuster, um, which would be a, a really unfortunate reversal. Just a couple of years ago, um, many Senate, Senate Democrats praised the filibuster and talked about what a vital tool it is um, to be able to have consensus and buy-in on various policies. And um, apparently those talking points have, have gone out the window. And now the Women's Health Protection Act is right up there at the top of the list of, of reasons that they want to eliminate the filibuster. Very interesting. Uh, Melanie Israel, policy analyst with the Heritage Foundation. I read your material often at the dailysignal.com, which is something I read every day. Is there another place where folks can read your columns and your perspectives? Yes, yes. So I do commentary pieces at the Daily Signal, and then I also do um, research and writing at heritage.org. Excellent. We will check that out. Melanie Israel, hey, thanks for making time for us here this evening on KMOX. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Hey, what do you think? We're going to open up the phone lines and text lines, 314-436-7900. What do you think about this abortion issue? I mean, it's an issue that's been around. It's It's one of these enormous wedge issues. Do we give it too much attention? Do we give it not enough attention? Uh, will the Supreme Court strike it down? And do you think this attempt to codify abortion rights nationwide, will it pass muster? Brad Young, at your service this evening. We'll be right back. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you this evening. So uh, let's go to the phone lines. John has been holding through the break. Hey, John, welcome to Camo X. Oh, I'm glad to be here. What's on your uh, mind this evening? Well, in a roundabout way, I'm talking about abortion. When our country began, we had slavery in place even before we had a country. Mm-hmm. And we built our country on the basis of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, being inalienable rights. And yet, for hundreds of years, we continued with slavery. And we did that, at least in some, at least in part, by some people saying, "Black people aren't humans." <clears throat> of course, they're quite wrong about that. Of course. <laughs> well, <clears throat> we're in a similar situation here now, except instead of denying somebody their liberty, we're denying them their life. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church says life begins at conception. The pro-abortion people would like to define life beginning at some other time. And there's a lot of dispute about that. Yeah, they, but, but John, you're exactly right. But the, but the left won't even answer the question. I've, I've asked that question so many times of my liberal friends. When do you think life begins? And no one will answer that question. Because to answer the question draws a line in the sand and it, and it is an admission that if an abortion occurs after that point, it's murder. It, it is a, uh, the wrong question. If you ask the wrong question, you get the wrong answer. 
the, the correct question, and this is scientifically proven, the perpetuation of the human race is through conception and birth of a new person. Mm-hmm. The, the true issue here is that life does not begin. Life is continuous from one generation to the next. There is no beginning of life anymore. That happened back when Adam and Eve hmm. were created. But I, I want to come back, though, John, because you made another good point when you were talking about the slavery comparison. Because philosophically and conceptually, slavery viewed slaves, or the, the, the institution of slavery viewed slaves as property, not people. And, of course, a property, if you want to uh, go out with a sledgehammer and beat your car, you can do that because it's property. And yet, isn't abortion the same flawed concept that views a fetus as property instead of as a person? Yeah, but they they also say it doesn't uh, become a human being until sometime, you know, and that's where the all argument is, you know. But the point is, I believe the most important point is life doesn't begin. Mm -hmm. Life itself is continuous. And when you ask the scientists about what is that in the woman's womb, at no time is there something non-life in there and non-human. It is a human being throughout the entire process. It looks like the mom and the dad because it got DNA from both. Well, and that's the other key part is that uh, when, when I was a kid in the 1970s, when I was a small child in the 70s, I can even remember then hearing abortion advocates say, well, that's just tissue inside the mother. But a baby has a unique, a, a baby in the womb has a unique DNA that's separate, distinct, and different from the mother. So it cannot be considered tissue of a mother if it has its own, if he or she has his or her own DNA. Yeah. Well, the way I see it, I'm approaching 90 years old. Oh, my that's goodness. That's I am with a large bit of human tissue. <laughs> <laughs> well, my goodness, John, you don't sound like you're 90, my friend. I appreciate you uh, uh, staying up with us and calling in this evening on KMOX. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Glad you called in. Yeah, it's interesting, that whole question. It's kind of like whenever I, I get into a debate or a, a discussion with someone about what is the fair share of taxes? I mean, you know, for example, this just this week, you know, I may talk about this a little bit later on in the show, too. Just this week, we got a Twitter war between Elon Musk and uh, and Senator Elizabeth Warren because Elon Musk was named Time Magazine Person of the Year. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren tweeted out, wouldn't it be great if Elon Musk would pay his fair share of taxes? And the only thing that Elon Musk responded with was, settle down, Senator Karen, pipe down. And he called her Senator Karen. So I thought that was that was a great response. But but whenever I talk to folks about taxes, I always come up and ask this question. What's a fair share? You tell me. What is the fair share of taxes that you think I should pay? And if I pay this, you'll just shut up and go away. Tell me what that number is. Give me a number. They'll never give you a number. Because wherever that line is drawn today, tomorrow they're going to want to move the line somewhere else. And that's the same moving the goalposts strategy that the left use uses when it comes to 
when is the child in the womb alive? You just tell me when. Pick a time. Just whatever you say, pick it. But they'll never do it. They'll never do it because they want to maintain the flexibility to change their position based upon evolving science or understanding. They won't pick a time and uh, because they want to be able to move those goalposts. And to me, whenever I was talking to Melanie Israel in the last break, or last segment rather, what I thought was perhaps one of the most interesting takes on this discussion is this idea, which I did not know about until very recently, is that the abortion laws in the sophisticated and understanding European nations are practically the same abortion laws that are being challenged right now from Mississippi, because to those on the left, to the intelligentsia in Washington, to the progressives in New York and California and Washington, D.C., people in the South are hicks and hayseeds and bumpkins. That's the way they view anyone that's not in uh, the East Coast or the West Coast or Chicago. Everyone else is a bumpkin and a hayseed. And so they really want to see themselves as being sophisticated, European, latte-sipping, uh, sophisticated people. And yet the people they're trying to emulate have abortion laws that are the same as that which is being challenged in Mississippi. I, I thought that was enlightening and was information that I did not know until about a week ago, which is why I reached out to Melanie Israel, and I'm glad she was available. Hey, coming up after the break, uh, John F. Kennedy. Talk about enduring issues. We've talked about abortion that's been a hotly debated topic since the 60s and 70s. The assassination of John F. Kennedy. New files were released today. I'm going to get into a little bit of that after the break, as well as our good friend, Jesse Smollett. Yeah, he's back in the news today, and we will cover that here on At Your Service. Don't go away. Hey, Matt, pull up, uh, pull your microphone up here because I've got a question for you. What is your favorite snack chip? Like, uh, yeah, crunchy, salty snack. What's your go-to? I like Dots pretzels. They're like these super seasoned, super salty pretzel sticks. I don't think I've had Dots pretzels. Oh, you got to try them. They are addicting. Where can, where can you get them? Uh, just any grocery store, really. Really? I mean, Dots no, uh, pretzels. They're not like an exclusive Trader Joe pretzel or, okay. you know, they're nothing like that. I think you can get them anywhere. All right. And they're extra salty? Is that what? Extra seasoned. I think I'll, I'll say seasoned makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> but uh, they well, are. As a guy that uh, takes three different kinds of uh, blood pressure medicine <laughs> yeah. right now, I, you know, I have to. I'm supposed to stay away from the salty snacks, but yeah. I, I, I'll confess, I don't. I don't oh, stay away from. It's impossible. Way. No, it's impossible. Well, the reason why I asked is, do you like flaming hot Cheetos? I don't. I like like jalapeno sometimes, but not, I don't. I'm not, not a big fan of the flaming hots. Not the flaming hot Cheetos. Well, the reason I asked is because apparently there's a nationwide shortage. Oh no. Of flaming hot Cheetos, and so the question is: Are they is Frito Lay phasing them out, or is it a supply chain issue? And I didn't know if you were a hot chip kind of guy. Not really. No, I again, I, I try to stay away from the flaming hots. They, they they just don't sit well in my mouth. <laughs> they're, they're borderline <laughs> painful. You know, it can be, and you know, it's interesting if, if if you ever get a chance, and maybe you're saying I don't care, but if you look into the science of hot seasoning, yeah. Different types 
of hot spices affect different parts of your mouth mm. because of the difference in the uh, sensors that you have, whether it's in your tongue or the roof of your mouth or the bottom of your mouth or even in your sinus cavity. So jalapenos are different yeah. than Tabasco sauce. That That's interesting because I can handle certain spicy Indian foods, but then a, a certain like hot wing sauce will like this, you know, will really affect me. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, ne- I guess I never, I never really thought about that, but it makes sense now. Yeah. And horseradish Ugh. doesn't, well, you're <laughs> shaking your head to see, I like horseradish, <laughs> but horseradish goes straight for your sinuses. Yeah. And so it doesn't burn your mouth. It burns your sinuses, which I think is fascinating that these different foods affect people differently. Yeah. But apparently folks are liking those uh, flaming Hot Cheetos because they're almost uh, impossible uh, to find. Speaking of impossible to find, uh, I don't know of anyone that doesn't have a theory on the JFK assassination. Matt, is this something you've ever delved into? Not very really. Much? I kind of no, just take take the facts for what they are. Oh, and uh, Okay. It would be too upsetting to find out if there was some other foul play involved, but you know, I have heard of the conspiracies, and some of them are pretty convincing. Well, I will tell you this. If you're wanting to read an excellent story, uh, Stephen King, it's not anything with you know monsters or demons or anything like that, but it's called 112263. Yep, I've heard of it. Okay? I've re- I devoured that book because it, 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 it posits this amazing idea, which is this professor thinks if he can go back in time and eliminate Kennedy from being killed— that the assassination of Kennedy led to the racial riots of the 60s. It led to Watergate. It led to uh, all of these other problems. The war in Vietnam was because uh, Kennedy was assassinated. So uh, so he, he explores this idea about what would happen if he could go back in time and stop Kennedy from being killed. I'm not going to spoil anything, but if you ever want to read a good yarn, that that's a good one. Uh but this, uh, the, as you heard at the top of the hour, and it'll probably be mentioned again here coming up at the top of the hour on CBS News, the class, some classified JFK assassination files were released today. And as I perused a lot of the stories analyzing the data, two things jumped out at me. First, there wasn't any bombshells in here. And maybe I shouldn't use the term bombshells talking about the assassination of a president, but there were no bombshells in this in this released information. In fact, as I looked through it, I didn't see anything in there that we pretty much didn't already know. I mean, for example, there were more details on on Oswald meeting with a KGB agent in Mexico City in September on September 29 of 1963 which is basically about two months before the assassination. Well, we already knew that. We already knew that that uh, that Oswald had gone there. That was information that was well-known for a long, long time. Uh, but there were some additional details about this meeting, but not anything that was a revelation. Uh, there was also information about Oswald's meeting with the or interviews with the police immediately after he was arrested. And... Oswald was adamant in these interviews that he killed JFK. He denied it completely. And, of course, we all know two days later, and this is before I was born. I, I'm not talking about something I lived through, but two days later, uh, Oswald was was killed by Jack Ruby. So it's, uh, it, gives, it gives more details about things we already knew. Uh, the only other thing that I thought was interesting in there was a memo that came 
from a naval attache from Australia who sent a cable uh, that was the uh, you know that was the 1960s version of an Instagram but he sent a cable to the CIA in 1962 to report that someone had called uh, the uh, the authorities in Australia to say that an Iron Curtain country was plotting to assassinate the president and to pay $100,000 to an assassin. So, again, uh, that's information that is kind of interesting. Didn't know that before, but not revealing. So the main takeaway from my perspective on this information dump that happened today was that there's still classified files, that these files have still not been released, and until the government releases all of these files, we're still going to have people speculating and guessing and conjecturing. Just release the information already, get it out there, and let us reach our own conclusions on what happened to President John F. Kennedy. Hey, coming up after the break, we've got more stuff to talk about, including a big local story that's getting no coverage. I'll give you the details next on Camo X. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.